Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 39 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. When it comes to analysis, we are on the flank, Joe. Last week, we, we didn't release a podcast. That's, is that, that's, I feel like we've had like one other break, maybe. Yeah, maybe like Christmas or something, but that's probably about it. Yeah, but this is this is a break in the middle of the season, just like Overwatch League's doing. We're just copying them. It's the, a break's not an original idea here, clearly. So uh, yeah, we just took a week off uh, mainly because we didn't have too much content, but it also worked out nicely for me uh, because I was a bit busy last week. Uh, so yeah, we got we got a nice little break. How, what'd you spend your vacation doing, Joe? Since we worked so hard on on the flank, you know, you probably <laughs> yeah. have free time. Um, I mean, I guess uh, this summer I'm taking a uh, summer class, so that's fun. Uh, got started into that a little bit. Nice. Um, what What's the class about? What's it on? Uh, it's uh, immunology for my mm. for my pharmacy degree. So nice. Yeah, sounds... pretty pretty thrilling stuff, really. Yeah, it sounds really thrilling. Um, <laughs> I, I'm jealous. Oh yeah. Yeah. What. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you, you spent your time wisely, Joe. Uh, I didn't really... I worked hard uh, at my work with Echo Fox. So, yeah, that's... We both there you go. both spent our vacation doing work. So, uh, yeah, let's... Last week... If, or not last week. Last episode. If you guys remember, you you listening out there. We, we, we recapped the stage playoffs. Stage 2 playoffs were, were over. And uh, we're going to start off the show with with a little recap. We give out an MVP every single stage. Last stage, who did I give it to? Bumper, maybe? Probably. Yeah. And you gave it to Sombra. To Sombra, the hero, yeah. Uh, So now we will crown our new MVPs. And Joe, it's all about the San Francisco Shock. They had a perfect stage. They won it all. I mean, they 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 took every map they could. We gotta we gotta give it to San Francisco Shock, right? Um, you want to start with yours? <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know it's sort of interesting the, the sort of the tone of voice you're using there. It's like you know I mean we don't have any yeah. choice. Our, our hands are tied. But yeah, this this team that just um, you know swept the entire stage. I mean, there's there's not really uh, many other directions you can go with that. Um, the, yeah, so. Uh, since we just decided we don't care about the rules um, for our our uh, stage MVPs, um, I'm actually awarding two uh, two players here for stage two, uh, it's, and it's going to the like superstar headliner tank duo um, of um, I guess depending on who you ask is the tank player, but uh, Sinatra and Super uh, from the San Francisco Shock, obviously you know Sinatra's DPS, but. Uh, but between the Reinhardt and the Zarya, uh, of the two of those, you know, that's like arguably the core of um, the, the tank line of a goat's composition, and just the way they've been able to find um, synergies this season and really grow it together. Um, I mean, they're just both beast players, um, even over the course of this season, um, and I, I don't think anybody would argue if I said that, you know. Um, shock without those two would just be a completely different team. Or yeah, without one, or without one of those two, probably. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about uh, a game where everyone thinks it's Korean-dominated, but then you have these two guys who, I, I know San Francisco has tons of Koreans on their team, but honestly, this this team wouldn't be as good without Super or Sinatra. I, I personally think Sinatra is currently the top runner for my season MVP right now. I think Sinatra's doing so, so well and putting out clearly the best stats on, on Zarya. And I think Super is also the best Reinhardt right now. I think either of them could get could get MVP, honestly. I think most of these San Francisco Shock players are going to be competing for against each other uh, if Goats does stay meta, which seems like it will. Um, but yeah, uh, my, my stage MVP is not either of them, though. It is, I, I want to give more respect to the coaches, Joe to the coaches out there because I think there are a lot of teams that don't respect the coach position as much as the player position but I think the San Francisco Shock are proving that a coach is so important and I think Krusty their head coach is by far the best coach in the league I'm giving him MVP because he deserves more recognition uh I wish there were more I wish we saw the coaches more on camera, Joe. I want to face to these people, you know? I know what Krusty looks like because I follow him on Twitter. I've seen pictures of him. But I, I want to see him on stage more. I want to see these coaches on stage. I want to see him on camera. I want to see backstage more often. Like, these people are important, clearly, because Krusty led the Boston Uprising to a perfect stage last season, which, in my opinion, is even more impressive because... I think Boston Uprising uh, had a lot less talent on the roster than San Francisco does right now. Uh, but now he's he's clearly leading San Francisco to be the best team, the most coherent team, and probably the the most the team that just has an immense amount of teamwork. And that's clearly when that happens, it's the coaches doing, in my opinion. And all we've heard from like Monty, from all these people who have gotten to sit in scrims with San Francisco and see how they go, see how they do see how they practice see how they work see how how uh how Krusty controls things like it seems like Krusty is sort of has his team following his ideals and his strategies the most and uh sort of just has has the team working super well around his strategies and, and Krusty he deserves this stage MVP, and I think he definitely is the best coach in this league currently. Uh, I think it'd be ridiculous if South Korea did not vote him as their World Cup uh, head coach this year, honestly. It's true. that it is. Uh, I keep forgetting that's a thing that's... I guess that's happening right now. I think but it ended. I think you can't vote anymore. No. Or I, I think you can't nominate anymore. I think that ends because it, because it's like top 500 for each region or something can vote, right? Yeah, so you'd like all nominate, and then I don't know how it works after that. All I did, I and you have to be in your region, so me and you obviously can only nominate for America. Yeah. Um, and who did I nominate? I nominated uh, Dipe, the head coach for Gladiators. Gladiators, I, yeah, good choice. Yes, I do think he is the best American coach. Um, so I gave my nomination to him coaches. We should do a whole episode on just going through every single team's coach and rating them and, and criticizing them, criticizing most of them. I think most of them are <laughs> not that good. Uh, it's, it's just hard, you know, knowing 
or just trying to figure out you know things from the background like you're talking about that there just isn't enough exposure to that um publicly anyway but that's a yeah. whole different conversation <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah uh yeah so that's our our two mvps uh we got and and that's pretty much our our stage two recap right there uh we went over standings a couple our, our last episode we went over standings and, and stage three starts up sooner than sooner uh, than later here yeah a week from thursday <laughs> yeah um which is it's getting pretty close that's like 10 10 11 days um thursday june 6th with a san francisco shock atlanta rain can atlanta rain take down another giant wow tough schedule that okay. would be that would be insane if the, <laughs> the, the, it's like because i think that was probably atlanta's last two matches wasn't it against new york that, yep that they want so atlanta continues the streak and breaks san francisco's that would be an excellent way to start stage three <laughs> that would be and then they play the titans oh my god <laughs> this is atlanta rain and then they they beat shock they beat the titans and then they lose to the dragons the week after overwatch <laughs> league is an be. anime yep <laughs> absolutely oh my god they face the dragons then the dynasty i'm just i'm curious now i'm going through their entire stage three schedule then they face the fusion that's another pretty tough team like this is this is a brutal and this is the stage where they have a homestand oh yeah but i think they face some easy teams at the homestand they face toronto toronto and florida and florida yeah so <laughs> all their easy matches are saved for their homestand yeah okay just... That's nice. Well, the anniversary event, let's get into the news. The anniversary event started. Uh, I have yet to log on, but I saw some skins that I would really like. Uh, Academy Diva as a Diva player. Yes, please. Gargoyle Winston's very interesting. Very nice. Uh, have you been, have you logged on yet, Joe? Have you gotten any skins? Yeah. And in fact, um, you know, cause it's been up, I think for maybe a week and a half or two weeks now, but um, uh, you, you do get a, a free, uh, legendary anniversary box from logging in, so guaranteed one legendary skin. Um, I don't think it's guaranteed a legendary anniversary skin, but it's guaranteed at least one legendary skin. Uh, so that's cool. I, I think another another one of my favorites is uh, uh, the Toxic Roadhog that he's got oh, like yeah. uh, he's suspended in like a vat of acid or something. It's a really weird concept, but it works somehow. Uh, and then of course the the uh, um, the May skin that broke the internet more than the Diva one was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> with it was it's like Sun Blossom D- or May or something. I don't know what the name of it is. Yeah, she has like boba. She has like boba tea in her ice <laughs> in gun. the ice blaster. Yeah. yeah, she has bobas. Like if you use like half half of your ice blast, you'll see little boba balls floating in your ice blaster. <laughs> gotta love the detail oh yeah uh absolutely Ooh, yeah, and, Ri- I, and riot police brig is also really cool oh yes i'm just i just want to do this to get the brig skin from last anniversary event that's my favorite brig skin is that I the like viking one mm, no not the viking one I can't remember exactly what it's called but it's it's pretty it's a like a pretty generic one but <laughs> i like it a lot any of any of the break skins where she has blue eyes randomly, I'll take it. <laughs> she like go. there are two of them where she has blue eyes, I think, and then the other one she has brown eyes. 
Who would have thunk her? I wonder, I, I should look into all these uh, eye color changes. Is it Shield Maiden? Is that the one? Yeah, Shield Maiden. Okay. I think that's the one I was talking about. I just had no idea what to call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am actually downloading that update right now. And after this podcast is over and I edit it and put it on the internet, I'm going to get my free loot box here. There you go. And they are doing the rotation of old brawls, too. So that's oh, yeah. it's listed online somewhere that it's changing every day. Sweet. Anything else? Anniversaries? PTR? Was there any like patch notes? I don't think there were, right? Um, like not with, uh, not with this live patch. No, yeah. it's just just the anniversary event. That's what I thought. But we do have. A PTR I, there might have been some. About. Might have been some like workshop changes or something. I guess. But oh yeah, I think there were workshop changes. But, but probably just coming from PTR. So. Yeah, they added more in this PTR we will be talking about after I talk with, I talk about this owl skins in the game thing. Uh, but yeah, there's this owl skins in the game thing that was announced four days ago that's happening right now, actually. It just started from May 27th to 31st, uh, and it's basically it just, it's, it's like a competition. Um, and they're going to count who, like... They're going to count, compare the teams. If you wear, like, your favorite team skin in-game, uh, it's going to count towards uh, that team's total, um, total point total. Uh, and you can also play along on Twitter. Just send a tweet with hashtag MyOwlTeam and tag the account of your favorite team to earn a point for that team. Uh, so literally just, you can tweet or you can wear the skin in-game, earn a point, uh, so this is just a fan competition to see who's, I mean, not even, I feel like half the people are not even going to wear their favorite team, but rather their favorite colors, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the winning team gets uh, bragging points and an Instagram takeover. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was going to say, yeah. not much. That's <laughs> what the winning team gets. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's a cool idea, um, you know, if nothing else to, to sell skin tokens. But um, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be cool. I wish there was like a live leaderboard somewhere. That it, it sounds like all we're going to get is um, they're just going to tell us whatever team won at the end of the week. It would be cool to like be able to track and see um, even like the scale of the number of points we're talking about, but also, you know, who's winning. But uh it's still yeah. a cool idea, though. So they're going to bring it back um, the week of July 15 through 21, which I think is the week right before Stage 4 starts, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. It, it says keep an eye on Overwatch League Twitter for updates on which teams are getting the most points. So maybe they'll update oh. like every, every day. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't tweeted anything else about it besides the announcement of it, so... We'll see. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll have to put I'll have to put one of these skins on. I'll put my gladiator skin on. Go gladiators. Okay, PTR time, Joe. It is PTR oh, yeah. time. We got some changes. It has not been confirmed whether or not this is going to to stage three. Uh, yeah, which but, I, just timing wise, I can't imagine that it will. Cause... Yeah. It's two weeks uh, from its release on PTR to when it would have to be in the Overwatch League, and it has, you know, it would have to go to live presumably even before that. But we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I imagine they can, always, they can always like use the PTR. Like 
if I guarantee they know at this point because they're definitely back to scrubbing and practicing. Like I guarantee they know, and if if it is using the PTR, they're practicing on the PTR, not live. It's true. Yeah, I'm sure they've got their own specific competitive patch. Yeah. Uh, but my other comment was going to be um, that if nothing else, I imagine Havana will be in um, stage three in the map in the map pool. Yes. Um, but beyond that, it's hard to say. Yes. Okay. Do you want to? I mean, the big thing here is. Um, <laughs> Obviously, there's a feature replay feature. Do you want to you want to go in depth yeah. on this PTR? Joe? Yeah. So we have Overwatch PTR 1.37 is the patch number here. Uh, at some point, we'll get to two, but that's probably never going to happen. Um, <laughs> Overwatch two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, number one thing here, obviously, yes, Overwatch replays are a thing that exists now on the PTR. Um, if you were around for the Overwatch World Cup viewer in like October, November, whatever that was of last year, it's basically that, but it's in client, um, and it's for your 10 most recent um, played matches, whether it's competitive or quick play, or an arcade mode, or a custom game, um, or just a match that you spectated. You don't even actually have to have played the match in order to get the replay for it, uh, so that's kind of nice. Uh, but you can go in and uh, watch whatever perspectives you want, uh, speed up, slow down, pause, skip ahead, um, uh, use the 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 third person camera, fly around, whatever you want. Um, that's all available to you for any match that you play in. Um, again, currently on the PTR, eventually it will move to live. Um, and the restrictions on it right now is that you only get your 10 most recent matches uh, so like think the highlights um, section of uh, where you can where you can like save and um, sort through to your highlights that it only shows you like the five or six most recent um, ones. Um, it's like that except you can't um, at least currently save your replays or share your replays with anyone, which is unfortunate. I hope they add that, um, but that's that's the way we're looking at it right now. Um, and uh, they they made a big point of noting that it's going to reset every patch so presumably um you know when this ptr is over you'll you'll lose all your replays that you might have um and once it moves to live at least the way things are now you can't save it so every patch will go away but uh it's super cool uh, I, was, I was talking to john you know super big um coming from a collegiate perspective super big for um you, you know collegiate teams or for like two or three teams that uh, or even you know, the Overwatch League teams. I, I was um, I was watching Jane's stream, um, and he was he, he was acting like this was something that the Overwatch League teams haven't had yet either. Uh, it's for for pugs or scrims or something to be able to uh, go back and review those. But absolutely huge uh, for teams and for individuals just to be able to look at you know. Uh, what your deal is and how to how to play better and and how to to recognize your mistakes and all that it's gonna be it's gonna be super cool mm -hmm. yeah as uh, as someone who who works for echo fox and like can see the scrim room and what's going on that Le the league of legends replay viewer is super super helpful i mean it's it's like this one exactly you just go any perspective anywhere on the map at any point in time seeing different objectives and stuff like that like that's what that's what uh 
who Overwatch needs every game, every competitive game needs that because the replay is fine from like a video replay, I guess, but you can't, you, you need everyone's perspective. You need to know exactly what's happening and give, give your players the best view possible of, of the play and, um, and of the map. So this is huge, absolutely huge for anyone who, who's trying to be competitive in this game uh, and understanding sort of what went wrong, when it went wrong, all that stuff, and what they should have done differently. Like, replay's absolutely huge. And I'm sure they'll add, like you're saying, I'm sure they'll add saving, sharing, all that eventually. Um, it, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the workshop, I'm sure it's uh, definitely a work in progress as they keep rolling that out. Uh, but it's on the PTR now, so you can go check it out, play some matches, uh, mess around with the viewer. It's going to be good. But mm-hmm. there were also some balance changes, um, kind of. Some of them are just quality of life changes. But there are some balance changes here on this patch as well. Uh, finally, you know, we haven't had... I think it's been like two patches now since we've had any. But starting with Baptiste, uh, his biotic launcher has increased the heal ammo from 10 to 12. So that those are your, your right-click healing grenades. Um and uh, so the comment here is just to be able to reload a little bit less often because usually your healing ammo was your limiting factor um, for the reload because again um, you don't automatically reload until you run out of one or the other um, and not both and the amplification amplification matrix also got a buff it's his ultimate uh, which has been the duration increased from 8 seconds to 10 uh, so it's I guess what 25% increased uh, so, you know, pretty significant gives you a little bit more of a chance to get something out of it. Because, um, you know, often, you know, if you put it down and you're not um, not in an ideal position, um, you're super limited with what you can do with it. So that's cool. A little little bit of a buff to Baptiste, you know. He's uh, didn't get tons of use um, in Overwatch League Stage 2, you know. And, um, even though he was introduced to people like, oh, he's going to... Um, He's going to be the next Brig, and he definitely wasn't that. But uh, a little bit of a buff there is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, oh, you go ahead. Oh, no. Are you going to say I, something? Okay. No, go ahead. Um, so I was going to say, oh, then on the other hand, uh, going from Baptiste to Diva, um, got a really significant nerf. Um, so I think nobody could really argue um, that cert- certainly at least in the pro seen that defense matrix is the best ability in the game um and it got cut in uh it's, it well it's a, it's a one-third nerf uh <laughs> that the uh the length of defense matrix the range off of diva's mech has been reduced from 15 meters to 10 um so it's a defense matrix is a very powerful defensive ability and can often feel oppressive from far away. So this will require Diva to position herself more carefully to take advantage of its effects. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, sure it's adding strategy to defense matrix use and whatever, at, but that sort of implies that there wasn't any to begin with, um, which obviously there was. But yeah, this is just you know straight up a nerf to a really powerful character and a really powerful ability. Um, you know, it's not, uh, I, I don't think, you know, like D.Va was overpowered or something, but, um, to, to try to, uh, you, you know, try to balance this, this is, it's definitely going to be drastic. 
Um, I, I don't know um, how, you know, if anything, this will affect you as, you know, pick rate um, in the Overwatch League or outside. That's something we'll have to find out for ourselves. But um, but really significant nonetheless, um, just with that range, uh, range nerf to defense metrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... <laughs> Diva's just always been OP. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to imagine a world where she's not a really good character so we'll have to see how big of a some i saw like a tweet that was like that was like diva mains just just mad that they're still gonna have to play diva or like our our flex flex tanks still mad that they're gonna have to play diva but she's just gonna be worse basically so we'll see Uh, (laughs) yeah we'll find out i guess uh so then we'll go on to mccree um, who has who received what uh, uh, b- people have been calling a pretty significant buff um, that his primary fire recovery time uh, has been reduced from half a second to 0.4 seconds uh, which doesn't sound like much but again somebody point out that's um, you know that's 80% of the time it used to be um, or you could call that a 25% faster um but uh, so, so essentially, uh, it's kind of hard to uh, explain if you just go look at it on the PTR. But uh, the, the the time between shots has been reduced, um, which also has sort of a side effect of making his recoil a little bit more manageable um, and a little bit less um, of an effect on your aim, uh, which will increase his DPS but not his damage per bullet, um, because of course you know. Uh, McCree was famously had low DPS, um, <laughs> and so uh, the yeah, so now his primary fire is essentially just more effective um, over time. So if you have good aim, you're gonna dominate. Um, if you have bad aim, you're right clicking anyway. Um, the you know it's it, like I said it's, uh, with Diva, you know it sort of remains to be seen exactly how effective this is gonna be. Um, there are definitely some some uh, 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 pro players that I've seen that are uh, a little bit surprised, a, l- a little bit uh, maybe concerned, we'll see about how good this is actually going to be. Uh, but yeah, McCree is definitely a solid pick. Uh, in fact, I, I saw somebody compare um, the, the DPS now on McCree's just holding down left mouse button um, to Hanzo's Storm Arrows, and apparently those are comparable now. Mm-hmm. Um it's you know talking about how uh, th- their point was you know how much people had complained about storm arrows when they were when they were released and of course they were uh, damage nerfed a little bit but uh, th- that this is now just a left click ability with the same TPS is is interesting but yeah, uh, that storm arrows is on a cooldown this is exactly nice. uh, so yeah super strong McCree uh, on the PTR currently we'll see. Uh, what happens to him? Um, and then some quality of life changes here. There's a couple for Orisa and Symmetra. Uh, Orisa can now put her barrier down without interrupting her reload, which is super nice. Uh, she has like the longest reload in the game. Um, and you know, if you're shooting a lot, she's gonna need to reload a lot. Um, but also keeping those shields up because that's like the reason that you play Orisa. So now you can do both at the same time. It's cool. It's it's helpful. Um, 
Larissa players um, will think. Jeff, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Symmetra's teleporter now interact range is a bit uh, a bit larger from one meter to one and a half meters. Um, and again, it says pr primarily quality of life. Um, it's apparently it was possible to create a, tele a teleporter that Symmetra was unable to interact with unless she moved toward it um, on the live patch. And so they've just increased that range a little bit to prevent that from happening now on the PTR. So that's cool. And then Torbjorn, um, I think, uh, well, yeah, it was Jeff did a, an interview with Stylosa over the last week or so um, th that he was talking about in his, in his personal Jeff opinion, uh, Torbjorn was super OP. Um, and so this is uh, presumably the nerf that Papa Jeff demanded to Torbjorn's rivet gun, uh, his secondary fire. It's the right click shotgun. Uh, damage per pellet has been reduced from 12.5 to 10.5, um, down to 105 damage total if you hit every single pellet. Um, it says the combined damage output of Torbjorn's uh, right click with his overload ability was too high, given his recently increased survivability. So, uh, to the Torbjorn nerf that uh, we didn't know we needed, uh, the McCree buff we didn't know we needed. Um, that is uh, patch 1.37. There's some. Oh, oh, sorry, no, because um, also uh, the 2CP mode was adjusted, yeah, which we'll yeah. get into. Um, general bug fixes, general work general workshop stuff. Um, that's all the same. But uh, the assault mode. So time awarded for capturing point A on all assault maps has been reduced from four minutes to three. And upon losing point A, any defenders that are dead or that die shortly thereafter will have a maximum respawn of three and a half seconds. Uh, both of which essentially now will just work in the favor of the defenders on 2CP. Uh, which I guess the idea is to try to lower um, average assault map scores. I mean, you know, which, uh, again, looking at the Overwatch League, because that's what we do a lot in this podcast, uh, those are often really high. Um, not, you know, more so on some maps than others, but, um, uh, but, but yeah, to, to give a little bit less time for capping point A, um, uh, to go into B, that's again d defender's advantage, um, and then this 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 spawn change is interesting because um, essentially w what its intent is is to make sure that all of the defenders can be together um, to defend point B when uh, the attackers come in from A, uh, rather than being able to snowball and get some late kills. Um, uh, get some late kills on defenders that then aren't around uh, to help defend point B and they can just um, you know get uh, the two points in sequence but now with this change they'll have only a respawn of three and a half seconds so they're going to be able to be back and defend um, at six um, uh, you know I, the intent is you know practically guaranteed every time um, we'll see if that's the way it works out or not but um but yeah, so some some defender buffs essentially on two CP, um, uh, you know, hopefully to shake up that mode a bit. Yeah, I I I mean, I think I previously mentioned that I do like high scoring two uh, CPs in Overwatch League when I'm playing. I don't because then <laughs> it takes forever. Um, but I, I enjoy watching them. But I I totally love this change. To, to basically get rid of snowballs that 3.5 seconds maximum respawn 
uh, when capturing it is fantastic because I, one of the most dissatisfying things as a viewer of Overwatch League when my team is when my team that I'm rooting for has a fantastic hold on point A, uh, but it doesn't matter really because uh, like even if they drain the entire clock of four minutes, the team will take point A, snowball onto point B. And still have tons of time left in the time bank, despite such a good defense. Like, that's just so frustrating as a viewer to, to watch my team just defense not get rewarded at all, basically. Um, so I think that'll help, for sure. Uh, I think that situation is very much fixed. I, I like yeah. the change. And so um, that... Especially... Uh, yes. Go ahead. No, I go ahead. <laughs> I was I'm done. So that, done. <laughs> that then is uh, a PTR 1.37. It's been up for like four days, probably. Um, you know, we, we have yet to see if it's going live or not, uh, or if yeah. it'll be in stage three. But we'll find out. Hopefully, this coming week we can uh, report on it for our next show. That would be God. That would be just such a tease if they did this like basically right before stage three, like just one week too late before stage three. You know? Yeah. I really hope they do it, but most especially the assault changes. I like the assault changes a lot. The the uh, nerfs and buffs. Um, I don't think it'll do much to goats. Um, I think it'll make bunker a little bit stronger. Um, because of Arissa. Yeah. And Baptiste, and Baptiste. Uh, but um, I honestly, like, I Taimu tweeted this that bunkers worse than goats, and I agree. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm more of a fan of watching goats. I do like watching goats, especially when it's Titans Shock. Like, it's so much fun to watch two teams who are almost perfect at this composition go head to head, um, and just see like little mistakes meaning so much. Like it's just fun to watch watch something like that, in my opinion. But I, I don't find Bunker fun to watch, <laughs> really. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't enjoy watching Bastion too much. It's yeah. funny, but but it gets boring after a while. Um, so yeah, well, I, I I don't agree with the I don't want Bunker to become strong either. I would like. Like I like the McCree buff. I would like Soldier to be buffed more. I like I like stuff like that. I do like Sniper Meta. Taimu also said he didn't like Sniper Meta, but I like Sniper Meta. Um, but yeah, anything else to say about the PTR patch? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, other than people are making crazy workshop stuff still. <laughs> yeah, that guy, I, um... I saw a. Uh, I showed you sometime in the last two weeks. Um, somebody made a game mode where you can play Uno, uh, <laughs> like the card game in, in yeah. Overwatch. With I think it was like up to all twelve players can play Uno. Um, yeah. or, or I saw one earlier that uh, that, that you could like three D paint with with Symmetra's uh, Symmetra's beam and do fun oh stuff like that. God. But this is fantastic. It's um, crazy. There's there's gonna be an amazing mod game that comes out of this. That's gonna become an official game. Everybody knows it. Um, that's how the MOBA was born. That's how Auto Chess is a super popular mod of Dota 2 right now. That's that like Valve is making into an official game now. Like it's gonna happen. 
but yeah, the next piece of news, I'm still having trouble believing. Like, honestly, I woke up super groggy. Woke up in like at like 8 a.m. I've had like an exhausting weekend because my family came to visit me and we've been doing so much. Uh, but it, so I woke up after like a full day of just like hiking and all this stuff. Um, super groggy, 8 a.m. I read this tweet from Nate Nancer, uh, saying, I'll just read the tweet here. Hey, Overwatch League family, I wanted to share that soon I will be leaving Blizzard for a new opportunity. This has been the toughest decision of my life because it means I won't get to work with the best staff, players, teams, owners, partners, and fans in esports anymore. Uh, that's his first of four tweets. I'll get into the other four tweets later, but my god, Joe. I couldn't believe, like, I, in the middle of the season, this guy who has, who's basically been the face of Overwatch League is is gone. He's just gone. Um, man, it's it's tough. And this didn't come out in the morning either. I don't know how I saw this came out at like seven oh seven at night. I guess I just didn't check Twitter that night. Um, but but man, I was I was kind of devastated because I was I like I thought Nate was he was the dude, but uh, apparently he didn't tweet about it. But he is leaving to go to Epic Games to work on their esports stuff with Fortnite, and Epic also owns um, Rocket League and Rocket League esports now because they bought. Um, how do you? I forget the company's name. Psychonaut, like Psionics. Psionics, yes, Psionics. So their two esports sales are Fortnite, which desperately needs an eight and answer, and uh, Rocket League, which honestly just needs more marketing. I think because I think that's a good esport. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you think of this? Let's get initial reactions before we go deeper because he has some more tweets. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was surprised too. Um, I know lots of, um, you know, the sort of the general Reddit consensus um, <laughs> was that, uh, you know, oh, he'd just been bought out and he was, uh, you know, just following the money, which, you know, on the one hand uh, would would be unfortunate. It's, it's definitely true. Um, the You know, whether, like you said, we'll sort of get into it, but, you know, whether um, he actually um, did did you know as many things as it seems like he did or not um he's definitely you know one of the biggest faces in um what's been a super successful league now for a season and a half um and yeah to 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 come down in the middle of the season and uh and head off in this completely different direction uh even after all these plans you know they've even got into season three and all this it's it's an interesting choice you know it's um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah i it's mean all I, got. I mean i can only imagine the amount of money that epic games offered him because they are like they've got fortnite obviously super successful game <clears throat> fortnite esports scene super unsuccessful <laughs> um and tons of outrage from everybody about it <coughs> excuse me so um yeah i think i don't know i think i think they have a lot of money to give him and i think they would like i i, I don't know if necessarily they want competitive fortnite i think everyone's saying it's going to be fortnite it's going to be fortnite i think maybe they're they want rocket league a little bit more because from what i've seen in fortnite so far all that epic has wanted to do with the fortnite esports scene is promote fortnite the game and like make them fun it's it feels more like the wwe almost like 
it's not really competitive. Like it feels like entertainment rather than a competition. Um, so I don't know if they're completely switching because they've come out and said that's their that's their mindset towards Fortnite is it's just more entertainment. So I don't know if they're flipping the switch and they want it to be competitive or or what they're gonna do with it. Um, but I know Rocket League has always been competitive and they want it to be a competitive league. And I think Rocket League would benefit from a lot of uh, what Overwatch League did, which is city-based teams and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it, we have uh, more tweets. I mean, the, the follow-up tweets make me feel better about him leaving because he mentions, I get way too much credit for the success of Overwatch League. It's been awesome to be our public face, but too many overestimate our role in making the league great. It isn't about me. It's never been. It's all about you. And he says, that's why I'm confident the league is in great hands. I can't wait to see where the team takes Overwatch League in 2020 and beyond. Uh, so those tweets make me feel a little bit better that that there's a team around Nate that was helping him extremely. And I can imagine him as a commissioner who wasn't necessarily the boss of everybody, you know. So I, I think that's totally believable. And I, I hope it's in, <coughs> it's in good hands. Um, I believe, I believe they have a replacement commissioner already, right, Joe? Did you hear about this? Um, yeah, it's a, um, no, it's a prairie <laughs> something. Somebody from, uh, somebody Fox from Blizzard Sports. came in and, oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, but he was, he was already overlooking the league. Um, he was already overlooking the league and it was someone from Fox Sports who was overlooking the league. And he came over to be the commissioner now. Uh, and I think he tweeted about it, maybe. Um, I don't know where I'm going to find this news or where I saw it. It was on Twitter. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now for some reason. Um, acting like this. Is... Okay, yes. It is on the Wikipedia page. Pete, uh, Pete Velista, Velist, Vlast, Vlastelica, the CEO and president of Activision Blizzard Esports. Okay. <coughs> Jeez, I'm all of a sudden have a tickle in my throat. Um, but yeah, Joe, do I mean some people this is the next question I want to ask because some people are saying Overwatch League is dead. That's why Nate Nancer's leaving, and apparently there are tweets that are there are a bunch of other Overwatch League people leaving. Do you think that's that's happening, Joe? Do you think it's dead and that's why everyone's leaving? Or I mean, it's not even confirmed other people are leaving yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised, I mean, if that was the case. Um, you know, just because of all the money that's that's in things right now and all of the, uh, you did, like I mentioned before, you know, all the, all the plans that have been made and all the, uh, the excitement that's, I think, uh, you know, just building. I mean, from the, uh, the Dallas homestand this stage, um, and, and, and plans for for venues and home games and travel and all that fun stuff going into um, next season. I'd be surprised if all of a sudden um, it was you know just sort of given up by whatever who uh, whatever populace we're talking about here. Um, the, you know, I, you know, anything's possible and whatever. But uh, but uh, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, uh, me as well. Uh, especially next year you've got i mean next year's the big year you know it is the 
it is the year they finally go with home games and stuff like that. I think I, I do believe that Nate wasn't as big as we thought of. I know he was the public face, the boss. He was the one who came up with the idea. But I feel like the execution was probably like he's saying with a bunch of other people um, and a, a huge team of people. So I think this isn't that bad. I think there are better opportunities for him, possibly pay cuts at Blizzard, especially with uh, that big firing with Activision and all this stuff that's happening over there. Um, I imagine that Epic Games like contract was just like too good to turn down almost. Uh, so yeah, that's... Rest in peace, Nate Nancer. We'll miss you. You're a great commish. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I still think it's in good hands. Um, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully <clears throat> hopefully, our new commish is, is as as good of a public face, honestly. Pete, Pete, let's see what he's got. Maybe he'll show up on the, on the, in the first week of Stage 3 on Watchpoint or something. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to Toronto Defiant picking up two contenders players, Shark and Gods. My main man Gods, he's finally back, or he's finally in the Overwatch League in general. This guy I've been following him for a very long time. He's a hilarious streamer. He's a hilarious dude in general, uh, and he he finally has made his way to the Overwatch League. He used to be like a DPS main, but he has been such a flexible guy going. He's now a flex flex player. Uh, if you don't know, he used to be on NRG, the big NRG team with Harblue and Seagull and all those, all the, all the famous people on, he was on, uh, he was, on, I don't know if he was on that team actually, but he was on, he was on it with Seagull. Um, and he, he's been, he was on cloud nine at one point. He's been all over the place. He's been all over contenders. He's in Gladiators Legion, and he moved to that Montreal uh, Rebellion team uh, from Gladiators Legion this past contender season, and he has now finally made his way up to Overwatch League alongside uh, Shark. Uh, who... Speaking of Toronto, real quick, uh, yeah. that th that was the other uh, th the other comment about uh, Nate Nancer's announcement. They said, "Well, you know." I'm 37. Is going to complete the speed run. Uh, yes. uh, he's headed up to the uh, new new commissioner, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's looking like Pete already has that spot. I'm sorry, I'm 37. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, we've got two new players uh, for Toronto. Always, which is interesting because Joe, their entire roster is Korean. Was, These two players, not Korean. Yeah, I was just about to say that's probably the. Uh, one of the most significant uh, th things to think about this uh, it's not I guess it's not a trade but this this promotion uh, here for the team is that yeah they're, they're coming up into um, what you know until then was an all Korean roster uh, and they've still got a week you know maybe uh, these changes were made you know in preparation for something else or maybe they're gonna um, you know they've got enough confidence in them to try to integrate them into this um, into this full roster you know we'll have to see um, if they make you know stage three debuts or not but uh, you know brings them up to looks like 10 uh, 10 players total so a, a few more um, like we said for a lot of teams you know, it gives them a little bit of flexibility so there's something to be said for that 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see um, how they use these uh, resources they've got now. Yeah. Um, I think Envy is pretty. I don't know if Gouts could replace Envy. Yakpong's been been okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they use them at all. Uh, I know Bishop. Bishop is. He, he speaks English super well. He was Cloud9's previous coach, so he he primarily used to work with English players. Uh, and Gods was actually one of those players. So um, I guarantee he he would be the guy to be able to integrate uh, these two players into this all-Korean roster pretty well if we see them at all. But, I, I mean, I would love to see new looks from Toronto. They've been, they've been average, so I would love to see new looks, new players as much as they can get. Uh, anything else to talk about these two? I mean, Shark, he's he's a, Latvi- a Latvian player. Uh, he's played for Team Russia during the World Cup. I wonder um, if he's the first Latvian player in the league. Probably. I looked at, or if you click Latvian Latvian players, yeah, he's the only one. There's a coach for second generation who's Latvian. Um, what is that? This is a North American contenders team second generation and then there are two uh, others listed on liquipedia but they're not on teams so yes he is the only one in overwatch league first latvian player joe fantastic uh let's move on to mayhem academy disbanding um for next season which is crazy because this I mean, we talked about this because a couple of their players got traded to the Valiant, right? Yeah. Um, and this was right before the Atlantic Showdown. This is right before the Atlantic Showdown, where the Mayhem are there, right? I'm Mayhem not, Academy. I'm not I sure think the they are. I don't know. I think they are in it because they, um, they had a good they had a good contender season with a really good team. They were the first team to beat Fusion University. That's um, true. So they they had they had a good team. Mm, no, I don't think they are actually. So never mind. This isn't that big of a as big of a deal. It's Fusion University team Envy and Atlanta Academy are in the Atlantic Showdown, uh. <coughs> which starts uh, May thirty first. Which is very soon this week, um, but yeah, it's just been—it's been a weird journey for Mayhem lately, Joe. It's been a real interesting decision process, um, especially when Ben Spoon, their their owner, has sort of tweeted about uh, not having Korean roster, and now they have two korean roster all korean rosters probably so yeah it's they said the comment in the press release you know it's in combination with our commitment to the new roster direction and the valiant trade you know responding to that is why they're um uh, putting the contenders team on hiatus but yeah it's this uh i I don't know the trying to put yourself in the mind of a, a of a mayhem um staffer is um, probably more chaos than it's worth, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, just all bad news about the man lately, but maybe, I mean, it just stinks for all these players, too, who who just, it's Mangachu, like, these players are good. They just had a good contender season. Doesn't matter. They're all, 
they're all off team, so hopefully that will get picked up. Uh, but yeah, we move on to topics now. Uh, Gregory made the Times 2019 Next Generation uh, Leaders List. Gregory, our own Gregory. Um, it it's pretty crazy. Like this list is filled with some some pretty pretty cool people, uh, and we got an Overwatch League player right in there. I mean, she hasn't she hasn't been able to get too much t- playing time lately. Um, she definitely did the start of the season, but she it's still she's a fantastic player, and I can't think of anyone more deserving of it because, I mean, y- you got to say it. Esports is predominantly male, when honestly they're their females can easily be as good as males in these games so um hopefully more girls take inspiration from gregory and and know that they can be in overwatch league they can do stuff like this you know joe absolutely yeah there was uh it was a pretty nice write-up i think you can probably just google you know time next generation leaders and, and um and find that you know about her and the way um, she came up into the Overwatch League and all that, but yeah, that's, uh, I just saw that on Reddit and thought that was that was cool to mention. Um, you know that uh, you, you know as much as you know we 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 like to act like esports is this whole uh, d- developed and established uh, uh, you, you know industry that in other ways it's it's decidedly not, and so uh, it, having to, having role models and. Uh, standout figures is is really cool uh, and having them recognized you know by you know quote unquote the larger public is is really good yeah i mean she was so good in korean solo queue i remember they legit thought she was cheating <laughs> like she was she was like one of the best like they were like no this doesn't have like this doesn't happen this is like male dominated like she ha- she must be cheating like no she's not <laughs> um it's it's super cool though to see her on that list and see esports in general too so uh yeah always great to see people who make esports great because there are tons of tons of role models in this field like you're saying like there are so many people who work so so hard um and overcome like diversity issues and stuff like that to to be here uh so it's great it's always great to see people on lists like the this i think nate nancer is on like a 30 under 30 list for forbes and stuff like that like it's cool to see that um mid-season power rankings we're here joe for the power rankings we do a power rankings we did one pre-season we did one after stage one we're doing one after every stage we're doing one after stage two uh right here right now let me pull up this image all right, I have it up now. Um, so how did we do it last time? What do we want to do this time? We didn't even count down last time. I feel like we need to count down. Yeah, I think last time we did like, um, since it's sort of just like the notable ones that had changed or our differences. Um, I, I did note uh, here we sort of created our own tiers, though. Uh, the uh, that our our power rankings are different, but we have um, four identical tiers that are the same. Uh, one through six, seven through thirteen, fourteen through seventeen, and eighteen through twenty. Um, so maybe we break it down that way and talk about some of those teams. Sure. You want to start with eighteen through twenty? Because let's just start with the obvious ones here. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we have Houston, Washington, Florida, 18 through 20. Only difference is I have Washington higher than Houston. Um, do you want to debate that, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so the three worst teams in the league, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I imagine it's going to uh, come up here as we talk about lots of the other teams. But uh, again, these these are you know sort of predictions made based on uh, results of stage two and you know looking ahead to stage three but unfortunately right now they're looking to be very very similar uh, and, mm-hmm. and with with the way that um the you know these these bottom slate teams were uh performing it's it's hard to be able to justify um you, you know very much very much higher rankings if um you know nothing changed with the team nothing changed with the game uh, you can't really expect much different results yeah i I mean, the reason I have Washington one higher is I think things are looking up more for them. I mean, they're at least they're making changes. Houston's doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, they can't do it. They can't do anything because they're. I mean, if you have if people out there haven't heard Optic, they're the company or the esports organization that owns Houston is selling um, all their everything they owned um, to probably Immortals. It's not done. It's not a done deal yet, and Immortals owns the los angeles valiant so the reason is it isn't a done deal yet is uh the uh, someone can't own two teams in this league that would be a little weird and unfair um so they they have to figure out who's going to take over the houston outlaws so they can't like do they don't have money to do anything really they could only drop players that's all they could do um so they can't change anything and i think that's just well, Washington is changing a lot, and they're adding a lot, and they want to get better. So I, I, that's why I have Washington a little higher. But at Houston, I, I would have – I mean, it's close. Houston has tons of talent too, and they've shown – they were close to beating Vancouver. They were, they like, they like they showed that they could compete with Vancouver and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, anything else to say about our bottom tier? Um – yeah, nothing. Nothing really comes to mind, I guess. But uh, if we, yeah, if we move on, our next one goes uh, fourteen through seventeen. Uh, and both of us, um, in, in whatever order, we have uh, Los Angeles Valiant, Toronto Defiant, uh, Paris Eternal, and the Guangzhou Charge. So we uh, we uh, we agree on the ordering, or I guess now it's a little different. But the biggest difference here is I have Valiant a lot higher than you do. You have Valiant at 17. I have them at 14. Um, And then for me, following Valiant, I have Toronto, Guangzhou, Paris. You have 14 Toronto, then Paris, Guangzhou, then Valiant. Yep. Um, So I guess the main, I mean, the main thing here is, is, well, first of all, for me, Guangzhou dropped nine. We both have Guangzhou at the same spot, but that's because I had Guangzhou ridiculously high. Uh, but also Valiant. So let's talk Valiant. I mean, if you've listened to the to the podcast, you know that I'm pretty high on Valiant, and I am like, I'm ridiculously talking about how Valiant can still make playoffs, and they might. Um, yeah, I mean, no team has 14 losses yet, so they yeah. they could all actually. I don't know. You'd have to do some math. You'd have to do some math to figure out if they could all yeah. still finish with a winning record, but they probably can't. But still. It's it's theoretically yeah. possible. It is, and hmm, do they? Do you think they even have to finish with a winning record to make it to twelfth place? 
Oh, that's true. I guess that Probably. is all, that is all it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. But it, obviously, it's going to be very hard after their horrible, horrible start. But I do think they're getting better, and I do think the talent's still there. That's. I mean, I talk about it like every week. I feel like I, the Valiant, I think, are just going to get better and better as they finally get their get their stuff together here. They clearly didn't have it together at all in stage one, but last stage is was better yeah if you know this team it's got to be they've got to be on their way up eventually uh, you know they're they're too good a team to be performing the way they are uh, i think that's fair to say yes i would agree do, do we have anything to t- i mean toronto we we talked about this a lot more last power rankings because i think it was more notable last power rankings because they were still super high in the standings yeah because they, they were in in finals but we ranked them so low yeah. yeah they were they went five and two in stage one and we ranked them like 14 last in our last power rankings which is a big difference in standings this one's a lot closer to where they are in the standings now so i think there's less explanation need for toronto we both think they're average yeah um and paris and guangzhou i think both teams having Especially surrounding the the hype that Paris gave themselves was ridiculous, and <laughs> compared to how they're performing, <laughs> um, and Guangzhou, I don't know what's happening. Do you know what's happening with Guangzhou, Joe? What, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I, I kind of had, um, you know, I think there were a, a couple weeks in stage two. You know, you know, I picked them to win some matches, um, and I think they had, you know, it's relatively clear that they have the ability to. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, oh, and um, I seem to recall they had a really difficult stage two too, though. Um, yeah, the, I'm pulling this up. They played Shock twice um, and Gladiators. Uh, those were, I guess, those were their three biggest matches. Uh, they played well, Shanghai they... twice in a row in stage three, um, as well as LA Valiants, uh, Toronto, Washington. Uh, th- these are more winnable matches, I think, for. Uh, for them, yeah. for sure, and then Chengdu and Seoul in week one. But okay, yeah, yeah. They, they've they've gotten all their shock and Vancouver games out of the way because stage one they played Vancouver twice, and <laughs> they go. just they've, they've just had ridiculous schedules so far. Um, but yeah, they. I mean, if they had an easier schedule, they would probably not be that much higher. Honestly, they've been underperforming. Uh, but yeah, that's. That's it for like that tier, I think. Unless you have anything else to say, next uh, tier is pretty big. Yeah, as I said, next one's the interesting one. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's basically it for there. Yeah, but next tier is seven through thirteen. Lots more teams in this one. Uh, Hangzhou. Uh, I'll just read. My, this is this is my so seven is Hangzhou, then Shanghai, Dallas, Philadelphia, Boston, Chengdu, Atlanta those teams that how many teams is that seven seven teams those seven teams we have all in our seven through 13 um biggest differences probably hangzhou i guess a little different i have hangzhou up at number seven which is an eight eight difference i had them at 15 before geez i had 15 last last time and i brought them all the way up to seven they're my new Guangzhou, I think, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, 
Uh, for, for me, they were at 16 and moved up to 11th. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, it was a good showing, Stage 2. That's, that's, uh, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, I do not... To, to disclose, I do not look at my last stage uh, power rankings at all when I'm making my new one. I just look at, like, standings and stuff like that. Uh, so I literally like I I just get what my differences are when Joe makes the graphic, um, so I, I I just do it based off who I think's the best at the time, uh, but yeah Joe we didn't read Joe's off yet Joe's is seven is Dallas then Philadelphia then Shanghai then Atlanta then Hangzhou then Boston then Chengdu, so our biggest difference is Hangzhou I think Hangzhou's a little better than you do, you have him at eleven, I have him at seven. Yeah, uh, you think Dallas is a little better than I do? Um, yeah, just, Go I was just gonna say the um, these these mid season power rankings we're doing uh, they fit the pattern so far. Um, I, I think I seem to recall even preseason and certainly uh, the power rankings we did after stage one, um, just of having a giant um, like middle tier in the league. The, the, like the 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 top teams are are pretty clear and the bottom teams are pretty clear. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, but beyond that, we have, the, we have this giant middle tier, um, and the, there's, there's lots of parody and there's lots of consistency. You know, I mean, Atlanta, um, had some, some pretty, pretty good flashes to the stage. I mean, that's, that's, um, not, uh, you, you know, you can't really debate that. Um, Dallas had a really great stage, uh, Philly, you know, lacking a little bit, you know, I brought them down from four to eight. Um, in these power, these power rankings, which is unfortunate because you know I am a Philly fan still. Uh, uh, but yeah, Shanghai looking good, making their first playoffs ever. Um, it, it's it's super even really through here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and Philly, Philly was four for me too. They went down to ten for me, so that's my six. That's another huge change. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Philly runs off of like, the, the, sometimes the, they're, they're an inconsistent team, I feel like, because they, they got into the playoffs uh, as a six seed last year and they made it to the finals. So they're, I mean, they're not the most consistent team, but they've got some talent. So it, for Philly, it just it's just about getting hot at the right moment. Um, but right now they do not look hot. But yeah, the other interesting thing about this is like this is basically the wild card slots um, along with thirteen with the thirteen seed as well. Um, but seven through twelve are the, going to be the teams in the wild card fight wild card playoffs fighting for those last two spots in the playoffs. So I think that's pretty fitting that our that our tiers worked out that way. Um, so yeah, it'll be. I mean, based off our power rankings right now, I have Hangzhou and Shanghai make getting those final two spots, and Joe has Dallas and Philly. Yeah. Um, so four completely different teams. So it's pretty up for grabs um, if you take a look at our collected thoughts here. I mean, yeah, you have all these teams. I think it could be any one of these teams. Honestly, Atlanta has shown that they could beat New York, so of course they can make it. Chengdu has shown that their style is super effective against a bunch of teams, not as effective against others. Um, and Boston, of course, Boston has the potential to, to grab anything. Like all these teams are pretty, are pretty good. Um, do I think that they're top tier? No, because I think they do get crushed pretty consistently by San Francisco, Vancouver. 
um, and New York, except Atlanta. They don't get crushed <laughs> by New York. Uh, but yeah, anything else to say about this this middle tier? I mean, I, we didn't have it's not too we didn't have too many big differences here. Yeah, not really. You know, biggest uh, biggest variance, biggest group. Uh, they're the exciting ones to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then our top six are uh, we have all the same teams here, but um, we have a little bit of differences. Uh, I have San Francisco at one, Vancouver at two, New York at three, Gladiators at four, London at five, and Seoul at six. Joe has the same top two, San Francisco and then Vancouver, uh, but we have a switch because he has he has LA at three, New York at four, and then he has Seoul at five and London at six. Um, yeah, those are so. I mean, I think those being the top six teams, I think. I think you could, I don't know, could you fit someone? I mean, Hung Joe just did beat Seoul, but I think as far as talent goes, I think everyone thinks that these are the top six teams. Yeah, I think, um, you know, after stage one, uh, basically the only team that wasn't really in the, the, that discussion that now has been after stage two is probably London, um, but, but just the way that they were able to um, turn up in stage two. And again, with the way, um, with how similar stage three is is looking like it's going to be, you know, I think they're going to have success again. Um, uh, but, but yeah, these, these other teams, I mean, you know, Gladiators over New York, I guess that's a hot take. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, I I trust them less and less in uh, in clutch situations. I mean, obviously they're they're going to be good teams and they're going to be um, you know a good team consistently, but. Uh, you know, as as far as trying to actually determine where things are, um, you, you know, that's like my one, uh, my my one qualm with them. Um, and in fact, we won't see Gladiators New York play until the first week of stage four, um, unless it is in uh, in uh, stage playoffs again. And I guess they did at the end of in stage two playoffs, right? Gladiators yeah, that's New the York. Yeah. I, uh, that's the only reason I had Gladiators lower is they disappointed me. Yeah, um, I think it definitely could have been done, uh, which is yeah, which I is the, the the fun part about some of these playoffs. But well, yeah, I think the Gladiators and New York have like similar issues because the Gladiators have also never won a they never won a stage playoff or a regular playoff game, um, unless you count that game one against London. But they lost the overall series, uh, so they. I mean, I think Gladiators have some choke potential too there. Uh, so I do agree that Gladiators could have done it. Um, they just didn't look, they did look kind of choky. Uh, but yeah, they, I also want to see gladiators against, cause they did, they have faced the shock once and they beat the shock. Um, but we actually do get to see week one, stage three, Vancouver Titans versus Los Angeles gladiators. That's the last game of the week. Mm. So we have yet to see that. And I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I do want to see some more gladiators versus shock and uh vancouver and also because well when shock and glad when the gladiators and shock face off the first time i think both of those teams were extremely different uh, i think both teams have gotten much much better since that game so it'll be interesting to see that when it happens again which i think is no it's not that it's not the la weekend because valiant plays the shock and the titans play the shock god i'm so excited for that weekend that weekend is stacked <laughs> yeah uh, last yeah, week of the year that, 
yeah, last week of the year, and it's like literally four blocks away from where I live. So I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's it's time to I guess London Soul. <clears throat> we have differences on too. I mean, I think both both teams kind of because London both te- both teams lost to Hangzhou to end their stage. Um, it's true. In disappointing fashion. Uh, one was sold to not even make stage playoffs, and one was for London to just get kicked out of stage playoffs right away. So both were disappointing, but I think, I mean, I think both teams have tons of talent there Absolutely. too. They just. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're better than. They're clearly, we agree, they're better than most people like 7 through 20. And can beat them, but I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think they're having trouble. I think they would have trouble against the top four that we have right now. Um, I guess Souls played the Gladiators before and played them very close, though. So, um, yeah. I mean, anything else to say about these? They've got tons of talent. Their Korean rosters. They've got history. For sure. And, yeah. Uh, it's. Uh like i said it's it's interesting that we ended up with those same tiers but yeah the this this top six i think is hard to argue yeah i agree um we'll see we'll see how stage three goes but it's looking like it'll be like the same meta so um before we go i do want to talk about just going a little rant here because everyone i mean everyone's upset if goats happen stage three and the common complaint I've heard is like, is guess we all know who's going to be in the, in the finals again. Right. Um, it's going to be shock Titans again. Everyone's saying that. Um, but as a sports fan, like it feels, it feels kind of weird to just like, to say like, yeah, Oh, it's just going to be them again. Like it, because as a, as a sports fan, things never change in a season like the rules are always the same the strategies are always the same yet like halfway through the season we don't just say like oh it's gonna be these two teams they're the best right now like that must be like people teams get better throughout the season um and improve especially at goats and eventually like get as good as the best teams and that they're possibly able to take them down and sometimes those really good teams and this would be the shock and the titans sort of start to falter a little bit or maybe get tired or a fatigue starts to set in for them or um things just start to even out like anything can happen it doesn't there doesn't have to be changes to the heroes within the game because people can change players can change teams can change people can get better coaches can get better strategies can be made um i i wouldn't I wouldn't just like throw, like I wouldn't just close my computer and say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not watching Overwatch League again because I know what's going to happen." Like, it, it's not just guaranteed because the patch is the same. I, I would say that to any of the viewers who are thinking of giving up because they know what's going to happen. Because I, I don't think you do. I think I think anything could happen. Yeah. It's yeah it'll at least be interesting enough to watch how about that that's the goal yeah, <laughs> and honestly i even if it happens even if shock titans happens again like i don't think i'm gonna be upset because this has been very fun to watch honestly um and we have a tied one one 
like overall between the two so far in these stage finals so if it happens again like this is sort of like the this is the tiebreaker match you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing it especially if like we get a huge patch that's like maybe the actual goats ender and we know it's gonna like imagine going into stage three grand finals and we like know that goats is gonna be done because this ptr patch has come out that's like maybe it's like two 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 roll lock or something like that's crazy is happening in this league like and we know goats is gonna be over it'll be cool to like see it all culminate kind of at the end um but anything can happen. Watch Overwatch League. Who who cares? <laughs> uh, It'll be good. Anything? Yeah. Anything else to say about our power rankings before we sign off uh, until next week? I don't think so. Uh, you can see them on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> y- yes, you can see them on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, if you'd like to follow our individual accounts, uh, mine is at jwgeorgeiv. Joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc. That's INC. Go to our Twitter, the the podcast's Twitter, at On The Flank Show, to see those power rankings and a nice graphic Joe has made. You can also see our MVPs there. You can also see um, our predictions, which we will get back on to next week, right, Joe? Because yep. that'll, yep. Next week, I'm excited to, to pick more winners. Uh, yeah, you can tweet at us if you want us to talk about a topic. You can email us, show at gmail.com as well uh you're listening to this in one way if you want to listen to it in a different way you can go to on the flank.podbean.com on your internet browser you go to my personal youtube channel which is john george uh you're most likely going to be finding that best on my twitter um i have a link to it on there you can listen to us on itunes apple podcasts spotify and google play thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next week